0: Greetings Rebel fans, my name is Jason Kelly, and today on the show we are going to be breaking down the UNLV football team, winning the biggest game in the history of the program, going up to Colorado Springs, defying all odds, and coming out on top. Rebel fans, this is probably the best weekend to be a fan of UNLV athletics in 10 years, what, since the Anthony Bennett, uh, maybe since the Arizona game uh, in 2014 under Dave Rice, Uh this is a great time, Rello fans. Enjoy it. Let's soak it in, and let's get into the game and break it down. So it's kind of hard to believe that that Air Force game went down the way that it did. Uh, I have to say that I was watching it with my family. Uh, I was thinking of traveling up with my parents to Colorado Springs to go to the game, but the flights just weren't really feasible for us. But my blood pressure must have been like, what, two, 220 over, over 98? I don't know, something crazy. My vitals were probably spiking. I know that a lot of Rebel fans had, had a similar experience. It was a painfully, painfully stressful game. But when the scoreboard hit zero, when the clock hit zero, the Rebels were on top. And it's hard to overstate, you know, if you've been a fan of this team, of this city, of this university, it's hard to overstate just how big of a deal this is. It's, 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 it's crazy. So I want to break down the game. I won't go over too much of the play-by-play stuff because I assume that, you know, if you're listening to this, you, you saw a bit of what happened, but I'll briefly go over it and we're going to break down what happened up in Colorado Springs. The Rebels opened up the game with a, you know, pretty familiar connection. Jaden Maeva threw to his best target and the best receiver in the Mountain West Conference. Yes, better than Tory Horton at CSU. I know some Colorado State Rams fans would probably disagree with me there, but the game opened up with a pass from Jaden Maeva to Ricky White for a touchdown. The UNLV defense came out guns a-blazin'. They got a few three-and-outs in a row. And just as the Rebels looked like they were going to take the lead and go up 14-0 on the Falcons, uh, Jaden Maeva threw a bad pick. He was being pressured. There seemed to be some miscommunication with his uh, receiver. And he threw a bad pick. And it basically gave Air Force the momentum for the rest of the first half. And the Falcons went on to run for about 252 yards. Maeva threw another pick. The UNLV offense was struggling to keep momentum. Uh, and it was, it was really tough. I, I know that I was watching it, and I was stressed out. I thought, man, we got all the way here, and now we're going to blow it. Um, you know, it's an honor to even have a team that's here in the first place. But once you get here and you get a chance to hang a banner, it hurts if you don't do it. So the end of the first half, you know, the rebels scored again and made it 27 twenty seven fourteen heading into halftime. Uh it was still the rebels were still in the game, partly because they were receiving the ball, you know, at the kickoff of the half. And the game wasn't over, but there was a negative feel about it. And uh it was it was it was dark, it was bleak. But I know that Coach Oda must have given the guys, uh, as long as well as his defensive and offensive coordinators, special team coordinators, I know all the coaches must have gone in there in the locker room and given it a hell of a speech because uh, the Rebels came out and they were a completely different team in the second half. UNLV struck quickly in the second half, coming out and scoring pretty fast. Uh, it was a pretty balanced offensive attack. You know, you had Vincent Davis runs, and the Rebels got it to 21-27, and it was uh it was looking better. The defense started to play better. They held the the vaunted triple option to, you know, about a 70 or 80 yards in the second half. And uh it just it just looked like a completely different team on defense. You know, in the first half we were missing tackles, we were struggling to maintain contacts, uh, we were getting I mean, our, their blocking was just dominating us. They were pushing us around, and uh, really, it, it was pretty remarkable how how well the defense adjusted in the second half. Uh, they were able to, you know, get in between the gaps with of the offensive line. They were reading the option better. They they kind of could guess what was happening better. You know, there was just every, the defense was playing a lot smarter. And a lot of this, I would say, um, obviously the defensive coordinator, and there are many players in the defense that deserve a lot of credit. But, you know, huge shout out to Jackson Woodard. He followed us. Uh, he followed Coach Odom over to UNLV from from Arkansas. And he, you know, Maeva and Ricky White are, you know, probably are two of our best players. But you could make a real argument if, if you really wanted to that jo- Jackson Woodard has been quite possibly our best player over the last few weeks with the exception of Ricky White. Uh, Woodard has been excellent at, you know, maintaining contact, not being tricked by the defense. Uh, keeping his eyes in the right part of the field, and being really the quarterback of our defense. Uh, it's hard to overstate how important he is, and I just want to shout him out for his incredible efforts in the second half. Uh, and he was doing good stuff in the first half, too. We just had a bad stretch there. Uh, and this defense and really this team has, had, has shown a tendency to have terrible quarters, getting all out of sorts and really needing to regroup. You know, if there's a, if there's a flaw in this team, and there are several, but I would say the biggest one is we can get in a bad rhythm. Teams can make us feel disjointed. And it can really, really, really hurt. So I would just like to shout out Jackson Woodard. So the UNLV offense eventually, you know, started taking off. And, you know, we were looking good. And we got the score very early on to 21-27. You know, we scored a quick early touchdown. And then the referees, these referees, man, these guys seemed like they were doing everything they possibly could to keep Air Force in this game. It was very frustrating. And I, I, I honestly, I like to, you know, sometimes jokingly complain about referees and how much of an impact they have on a game. And obviously, you know, the Rebels won. Um, but some of these calls that these refs were making were brutal. Really, really, really brutal. You had a, like, three touchdowns in a row called back by holds. And look, you could, you could say, by the book, those plays were holds. They were. But you know who never got a hold called in them like this entire game? Air Force. The team that runs the triple option. You don't think there was a couple holds there? I saw them. Air Force was holding on the outside. And so, yeah, you know, UNLV just seemed to... And I'm not saying all the calls. There were a couple that were clearly and blatantly wrong. But not all the calls were necessarily wrong. But it felt like, and really it, it was, Air Force was getting nothing called against them we were getting stuff called against us and it felt like the refs were throwing a flag every time there was a positive unlv play these dang zebras were pulling those little yellow flags out and we like nope we can't have unlv doing good stuff it was very frustrating to watch however the guys kind of fought through it in the fourth quarter uh the refs called a roughing the passer on like a third and eight with air force backed up to their own two-yard line the refs called a roughing the passer and a targeting call uh, they reviewed it for targeting, um, but it seems like they 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 were the ones that triggered that review. And when you looked at the replay, it was clearly not roughing the passer, nor was it targeting. It wasn't, there was not even a foul. You know, the defender tackled him with the ball still, you know, in motion. Uh, the defender didn't use his head, didn't launch himself forward. Did There was no follow through. It was just objectively a bad call. And it really felt like the refs were going to try and give Air Force a way to win this game. Even on the last play where the Rebels had to, you know, the Rebels' offense stalled out. They couldn't get anything going in the fourth quarter. You can tell that Air Force defense, all those seniors, and I, genuinely, I love playing Air Force. I, I really don't like, you know, I should say, I don't like playing them, but I really respect them. You know, a lot of these guys are in military service, and it's an honor to have them in the Mountain West Conference. It's an honor to play them, even if it's really difficult to play them. Um, you could tell that Air Force defense stiffened up Showed a lot of pride. Wasn't going to let us score and put the game away. And eventually, it got to the last drive of the game, which was incredibly stressful. I actually had to leave the room and kind of follow it on my phone because I was, I just was too stressed. So let's go into that. On the last drive of the game, uh, Air Force got the ball back with a few minutes to go, and they were down four. And the Rebel, the, the Rebel offense just hadn't hadn't been able to put the game away. It was, it was really frustrating. And Air Force, their quarterback, clearly couldn't throw the ball anymore. He was either injured or just not a good thrower of the football. Now, Air Force doesn't rely on a ton of rowing, but when they do, you know, it's it's generally not so good. Um, and so on the last dr- drive, again, the refs bailed out Air Force with a bogus PI call, and Air Force eventually got down to about the 15-yard line, 10-yard line or so. They got, they got it to first and goal. Um, and there was about 30, 40 seconds left. Air Force had to throw the ball, and it was very frustrating because you could tell, Air Force knew that the refs were trying were, were likely to give them calls, and they were just trying to get PI calls. They knew their quarterbacks couldn't make the throws. And there was also a pass that was honestly incomplete. It seemed like it hit the ground, but you know, the refs made the call on the field that was catch. And so um, obviously that call stood. But you know, UNLV had a goal line stand to secure a place in the Mountain West title game, essentially. And they did it. They pulled it off. And the elation and the joy that went through my family and, you know, myself, my parents, and, uh, you know, we are massive UNLV people. We always have been. We always will be. Even if we're bad, we're still going to support them because that's our city. That's our school. And the fact that one of our teams, you know, I always wish it was basketball. I wish our basketball team, our men's basketball team, could truly deliver a great moment again. But football players to see this football team, this football program that has been beaten down and humiliated so many times over the year to finally stand up defiantly and win and win big in the first year of a coach. It's just, it was incredible. And all respect to Air Force. I, you know, I think they they had a strategy to win that game. Uh, They think they knew they needed it, Um, being that it was a home game and they have to go play Boise on the blue. Next week, and it's never easy to go up to Boise, Idaho. I lived there for a year. I know those fans up there, they're diehard. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm so proud of these guys. I'm so proud that we have a team in this city from UNLV that's really worth cheering for. And I expect there to be a big crowd next week against San Jose. Um, And I hope that the Rebel fans show up and show out because it's time to support this team. They have proven that they deserve it, they have gained our trust, they won the game they needed to win. And now, let's hang a banner. Now, I just want to go over uh, a little bit about the Mountain West title game. Obviously, there's going to be some questions about, uh, you know, now that UNLV has won this game, what are their chances of playing in the title game? Um, Who would they play? Where would they play it? And I want to answer those questions for you now. So essentially, by winning this game against Air Force, UNLV... uh, Almost assuredly. Now, there's still some outside possibilities, but um, likely they will host the Mountain West Championship game in Allegiant Stadium. If UNLV beats San, beat San Jose State, they completely control their own destiny and they will host the title game. If they lose to San Jose State and Boise State, who plays Air Force this week, beats Air Force, then um, there's a chance that UNLV could play either San Jose. Or Boise State in Allegiant Stadium, probably Boise State. However, now if Air Force beats Boise State, there's a chance that UNLV could end up playing. Um, could end up playing Air Force. There's an outside possibility that San Jose State would, you know, beat us by such a wide margin that they would leap us in the computer rankings, which would give them the edge over us but it's not super likely but you you know i would say to be safe the rebels have to have to win on saturday just to assure their place and i think they will i think they will but this san jose state team that they will play will be pretty formidable and so i just want to you know say that we have a a great chance of hosting the title game and the title game would be it would be unreal to have the mountain west championship game in the best stadium college football stadium in the country at least in terms of facilities, obviously you know we can as Vegas, we can work to make our atmosphere better, and it would be great, so I'm really hoping that uh, the rebels win. It's looking like we'll get a spot in the Mountain West title game, and what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Now, of course, as I always mentioned, I am a basketball guy, the the first sports team that I ever loved in my life and I will never love a sports team more than I love the running Rebels UNLV basketball team. Uh, they played Pepperdine on the road. Uh, it was a game that the computers projected us to lose. And it was kind of, you know, the game that we had against Stetson was more or less a, just, just a kind of a get right game. But this game against Pepperdine was a real chance for the Rebels to calm down some of the doubts and to, and to make the fans feel as if that game against Southern to open the season was truly just a fluke. And the Rebels did that. They went into Malibu, and they absolutely destroyed them. You never felt like Pepperdine was going to beat us. You had great performances from Caleb Boone. Jalen Hill had a rough first half and a great second half. I thought DJ Thomas played very well. And the one guy who I didn't really like uh, was Justin Webster, but he didn't do anything to overtly hurt the team either. Uh, Luis Rodriguez uh, played pretty well as as well. And so football being such a big story, I'm I'm not going to talk a ton about this game, but the Running Rebels basketball team, I will on Wednesday have a pretty big podcast about them uh, reviewing their performance in the tournament that they were playing in. Uh, The Running Rebels are playing uh, tomorrow. They play the uh, Florida State University, the Seminoles, in Florida. It's in the afternoon here in Vegas, which kind of sucks, at 2.30 p.m. I'll be in class watching it. Um, I hope my professor doesn't... uh, listen to my podcast i kind of think uh, professor lazos probably doesn't listen to my podcast um and if they win that game or lose that game they're going to play again on tuesday so it's kind of their it's it's their non-conference tournament game uh, games and we're going to know a lot about the running rebels um on by wednesday we're going to know how good they are you know if that southern lock was a complete fluke or if it was just kind of a bad game Uh, i think we're going to have a good picture about what kind of season we're going to have and so on Wednesday, I will dive deep into the Rebels um, and see how they play. I'm hoping that Caleb Boone starts um, tomorrow against Florida State. I know he had the DUI, but I'm, I'm hoping that he has earned back the trust of the coaching staff and is, is ready to start now. And uh, we're going to see what these guys got. I, I believe in them. I think, I think they really could be as good as we had hoped they were going to be before the start of the year. So anyway, that's going to do it on basketball. So Rebel fans, that's going to do it. What a game. What a day. What a day to be a Rebel. And what a day to live in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm so proud of this team. It was a great weekend for UNLV Sports, obviously with football and basketball too. Basketball will have its time. Um, I'm going to be talking a lot about basketball during the Mountain West portion of the conference especially. So I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you guys have a great week. Everything else in your lives is going well too. I will talk to you later. My name is Jason Kelly. This is the Let's Run Podcast.